Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series The Walking Dead. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody, welcome to The Talking Dead, number 19 for August 23rd, 2010. Thank you for joining us. Uh-huh. Jason, thank you for being here, too. Uh, well, you're welcome, and thank you for being in your basement. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to be here. This is the highlight of my week every week recording this show. I enjoy doing it so much that I wish I could do it for a living every day. Oh, that would be very, very nice. Wouldn't that be great to podcast all day long. Every day, all day, we'd get sick of it, though. To be our own little Leo Laporte and just oh, yeah. do it all the time, make lots of money. That'd be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. So we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about The Walking Dead TV show, as we always are. Um, but before we do that, I would like to bring up two points of interest. Okay. The first one is that I would like to officially announce that I am 100% caught up on the comic book. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. I've I've read all the way through straight up to issue number 76. Wow. And Did you um, acquire these last latest issues? Well, yeah, I read them. Okay, well, I'm just wondering, how did you borrow them from a friend? Did you buy them at a comic book store? No, I bought them at a comic... I got the last um, trade paperback, which was number 12, right? Yep. Read that, and then that was up to issue 72 or 3. Yeah, 2. And, yeah, and then 3, 4, 5, and 6 I got, and I read, and I'm all up to date. Outstanding. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm, I need I'm, to do that myself. I'm I'm glad to be caught up. It's, you know, it's bittersweet, though, because now I have to wait every month until the next one comes out. It's not like I know I've got a few issues sitting there waiting, and I can, you know, just read two at a time if I want. Yeah. So uh, that's that. I'm all caught up. It's it's exciting. I have to do just that. <clears throat> what, what number are you on again? I finished the trade paperback number 11, so I need to read number 12 and then cut, get caught up on the uh, individual issues from then. But I'm missing a couple, I think. Well, that's not bad. If you want to take number 12 with you home tonight from here, you can. No, I'll just pick it up. I mean, I haven't, I've been looking for it, you know, as I walk through the world and looking in uh, various bookstores and such. I haven't seen it yet. But I haven't been into a comic book store, and I'm sure that our local comic book store will have it. Well, you never know. I bought it at that store in question, and there was only one or two left when I bought it, and that was a week ago. All right. Well, I'll break in on my way home. <laughs> Why not? I got a big bay window in the front there. I just smash that and take whatever I want. They do. And if I'm not mistaken, they have a Walking Dead poster in the window now. Do they? Yeah. This and could work out rather well. <laughs> of course. You'll get a poster. <laughs> Okay, I hope nobody does that tonight, because if anybody breaks that window tonight, I'm going to get blamed. Absolutely. But you'll end up with a poster, if you do it, a poster, uh, trade paperback number 12, and being arrested. Yes. So there you go. I'll end up with a criminal record. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, this may not be of interest to anybody but us, but I also think that they're going to be, they're going to have a few copies of the special edition Comic-Con number 75. Let me say that again. The Comic-Con Special Edition issue number 75 with the cover, special cover, for sale. So Ooh, at the comic book shop. At the comic book shop. If I could, <laughs> I had trouble getting that out for some reason. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in owning that, which I may be, depending on how much they're charging for it, I, very, I might go and pick that up too. That would be good. Have the special edition. Um, also today, uh, we normally leave listener feedback until the end, but I thought I'd bring this up right at the beginning here. It's kind of a news item too. We got an email from Jason 
not from you. From not a from me. Chase. I don't send email. No, you you sit here and talk. That's right. Uh, he says, hi, guys, I'm Jason. My friend Karen and I started another Walking Dead podcast called The Walking Dead Cast. Decent name. Good name. About a month ago, and we're just three episodes in now. I had avoided listening to other Walking Dead podcasts because I didn't want to find myself using all the same ideas. But today I decided, what the hell, and listen to your latest episode. I thought it was awesome. I liked how you guys are obviously fans of the comic, and you have a smart and easygoing vibe. So the reason I bring that up now is simply just because I wanted to give these guys a shout-out. I haven't listened to them yet, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they're doing great stuff, and I plan to check it out in the near future. And for all those listeners out there who do, you know, need a bigger fix of The Walking Dead, you can get, you can get it with Jason and Karen's new podcast. Nice. Absolutely. Well, welcome to the world. <clears throat> he didn't, unfortunately, didn't give me a URL or anything like that, but you can find it in the iTunes store, so uh, that should be easy enough for both I'll people. definitely uh, subscribe when I get home. The Walking Deadcast. All right. Next on the list, we're going to get right into our news for this week. Did I say this is episode... No, this is episode 19? You did say that. All right, great. I was going to make a comment about the number 19 and uh, the Dark Tower series by Stephen King, where 19 is a prominent number there, but uh, I didn't because we were moving on. But now that we're back, I can say that, and we're done, and let's move on. And it's kind of irrelevant anyway. It sure is. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, so, moving right into the news for this week... We're going to start with our regular casting update. There's not a lot going on right now, casting-wise, seeing as principal photography on the show has finished. Yeah, not a lot of casting after you finish photography. Photography? Photography. That's what they say. Filming? Well, you can say that, too. Okay. Um, So new information does come out about smaller characters or or characters with uh, smaller parts. Um, According to the IMDb, which is where all this information comes from. Smaller characters. With little parts? Well, you, know, you get the smaller parts, and, but then you get the smaller characters that are only like, you know, six inches high. There's no small characters. There are only small parts. Zombie Smurfs. <laughs> yeah. Three apples high, those suckers. That would be a show for you. Because <laughs> you know why? Because they're little, and they, you wouldn't see them coming. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be bad. They're crafty little suckers, there, too. There could be zombie Smurfs in here right now, and we'd have no idea. Yeah, scary. <laughs> scary, scary. According to the IMDB, Roger Herrera is playing a Vito Vato gang member. Now, last week we had Timothy Dalton Perez also as a Vado gang member. Douglas. Timothy Douglas Perez. What did I say? Timothy Dalton. <laughs> well, you got to cut me a break. I mean, if, if you're going to think of famous Timothys in the world, there's Dalton, Lear, Leary. Hortons. Tim, Timothy Horton. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have gone there. Tim Hortons. I know that. Timothy Douglas Perez. Uh, that was last week as Vado gang member. This week it's Roger Herrera. Um, what's the deal with this Vato gang that we are getting, uh, actors involved in? Well, there's going to be a, a gang of some kind. I, I assume that it's, uh, uh, something not in the actual graphic novels, that it's uh, a gang that they encounter in Atlanta is so, what I'm assuming. So this could be a significant new plot line, I would think. I mean, we know a lot of the little differences already. Do we really have an idea of some of the potentially bigger differences in the show as compared to the comic, different plot lines, everything like that? We have none. We have none. So this could be a hint to that. Now, it very well could be a one short scene. They, they encounter some other survivors, and they don't get along necessarily. Could be a zombie gang, for all we know. <laughs> could be a zombie gang, I guess. Do zombies make gangs? Nah, more of a horde. Well, yeah, I guess so. Um, I googled 
the Vado gang, and according to the Urban Dictionary, <clears throat> there is a real-life gang called the Vatos Locos, which is comprised mostly of Hispanic people. They wear khaki pants, usually a white tank top or black shirt with the top button buttoned, or uh, also black or red bandanas. That's according to the Urban Dictionary. I must admit I'd never heard of them before, so this well, could be influenced, or the, the, the characters in the show could be influenced, or maybe directly portrayed as these, these gang members. Okay, well, if uh, Locos is Spanish, or, uh, yeah, it's Spanish, so what is Vatos? I think it means guys, like dudes. Oh, that's great. That's a good name, then. Vatos Locos is uh, Crazy Guys. Crazy Guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I always thought that was a great name for a, po- a podcast, uh, Dos Amigos Locos, Two Crazy Guys. Two Crazy Friends. <laughs> yeah, well, that's our subtitle for this yeah, show. That's, that's right. So Vatos Locos would be Crazy Guys. All right. So we've got the Crazy Guys gang, and I guess our band of characters, of survivors, encounter these folks as they're moving through the zombie world and have to deal with them. Who knows? Maybe they join forces. You never know. That'd be good. All right. We also have M.V. Oliphant as nurse. Great. Could be a zombie nurse. Could Probably be... at the beginning. Um, probably at the beginning in the hospital. In the hospital. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I didn't make a note of what episode this person is in. So, like once, uh, once, uh, once Rick gets shot and he ends up being in the hospital in a coma, you know how they have those uh, quick flashes of uh, consciousness that they show in, in TVs just to, you know, fade from... Uh, black into just a quick scene and then back into black and they fade in and out oh, like yeah. that. They might have a series of little things like that where there's a nurse and maybe his wife standing there and then all of a sudden fades into black and comes back to him and he's all by himself this time. You know, I, I could see that. You're absolutely right. He's he's being wheeled into the hospital, maybe lo- gaining losing consciousness, yeah. and that's exactly what you're... Uh, yeah, I think that sounds good. Okay. That's what we're going to get. That's absolutely right. Why not? I could write this stuff. Absolutely. Um, finally, we have Jevokas or Yevokas Green as zombie. We've got another zombie listed on IMDb. So Lots of zombies. Lots of zombies. We could probably, you know, we could probably cite a, start a site dedicated just to the zombies in this show from what we've heard. That'd be good. <clears throat> Do it. So the other thing that the IMDb came uh, has listed this week, and this is kind of interesting, it no longer lists just six episodes, but it lists seven. As we know, there are only six episodes in the first season, but they've got a seventh episode listed and actually airing on Wednesday, October 20th. No other information there. I think it's a mistake. You think it's a mistake? I do. Could it possibly be some sort of recap episode? I mean, are they going to do that with only a six-episode season? Not in October, they're not. That This could be before the premiere. It could be, but what if it's after... Well, what if, it is, what if it's after the first episode before the second one? Hey, if you missed the pilot, here's a sort of a recap kind of thing. Oh, like, like they, they do with, did with Lost, with the little pop-up video kind they, of thing? They would do that for a whole season, right? But here, who knows? I don't know. It seems kind of strange. It does seem kind that of would, strange. That would, if they did that, where they just uh, showed the actual, uh, like, you can't recap uh, 44 minutes of television in 44 minutes. You're pretty much just playing the episode again at that point. So if you have, you know, uh, what they did with Lost was they played the episode, but then they had these little pop-ups where they gave you more information and background. So if you, you know, never watched the show before, you can get caught up and can figure out who Ben is instead of going, who's that guy and why does he do that? Uh, they could air that again with the little pop-ups and stuff but that wouldn't be a seventh episode that would be the first episode again 
It would, but see, I'm thinking kind of along the lines of, you know, if you missed the pilot, or even if you didn't miss the pilot, here's kind of like a promo episode where it's got some information about what's already happened. It's got clips, interviews with the actors, talking about their characters, you know, with oh, Frank yeah. Darabont talking about what he's doing and why he wanted to do this show. Not So not really a recap, but kind of a promotional vehicle. Or something that they would put on the DVD or Blu-ray as a, uh, a featurette kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And I could see them airing that, you know, maybe before the second episode or potentially before the final episode. Or they could just be talking about the comic book specifically. Like just go yeah. through the comic and what it, it was and what it means and how it was uh, written and how it was drawn. and Compare the two. Compare here's, the what, two. here's what we did in the pilot episode. Here's what the comic book does in the first few issues. You know, just talk about that a little bit. It, yeah. it, it would gain, you know, it would... It should increase interest for the TV show as well as the comic book, and it's yep. kind of a good marketing tool. Yeah, it sounds like something that they would normally add to a DVD as a featurette, but uh, you know, they could absolutely air it. They do it with uh, other shows all the time. Yeah, and especially a brand-new show on TV. I mean, it, it's, it'd be a good way to get viewers a little more excited and potentially bring in some new ones, you know? Yep. Um, you know, I said there a second ago that this is the sort of thing that could air, could air just before the final episode, maybe between 5 and 6, but... If the October 20th air date is correct, it's not going to be airing before no. <laughs> before the final episode. It's probably between the, the, the pilot and the, uh, the second episode. I think you're probably right. Again, we still don't know when the pilot's going to be on. We don't have that actual date yet. Um, not really any new information there, but we'll bring it to you as soon as we do. Moving along, Frank Darabont, uh, in an interview, a quick short video interview with MTV... Frank Darabont explains why they chose Andrew Lincoln to play Rick Grimes. Here's his quote. Andy is so good in this, he has a fantastic ability to intrigue the viewer, said Darabont. It's that Gary Cooper thing. You wonder what's going on. You want to know what he's thinking. He holds back just enough to draw you in, which is a very, a very rare knack for an actor. Um, he also goes on to talk a little bit about how The Walking Dead is kind of a Western at times. because It's got some Western <clears throat> themes. It definitely does. You've got... And and it's got some Western visuals, too, when you yeah. think about it. You've everybody's got, carrying sidearms. Totally. Everybody's got a hat. You've got Rick, at least in the first bit, riding around on a horse into, like, the deserted town, you know, the dusty, dirty streets. It's it's really Western-y, really. It is, yeah. It's definitely a Western influence there. Maybe at some point, you know, it would be interesting to to look at the primary characters and see if we have those Western archetypes there, you know, because there's always sort of the good upstanding guy, and then there's... There's a villain-type character, and there's uh, there's always some of those common characters that you see. There's the marshal. There's the guy who sleeps with the horses. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't mean have sex with the horses. I mean actually just sleeps in, with, in the barn with the horses. He's very dirty. And it's his job. Kind of wily. There's uh, there's the gold prospector, the crazy old guy. With Absolutely. The, with, the, with the mule. There's the Han Solo character, who's often your hero. You in, know? A, in a cowboy western? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So uh, it's just a quick, uh, quick shot that uh, that interview from MTV. But it's the one thing that struck me about it too is that you can just tell that Frank Darabont is super excited about this whole thing. Yep. He's been wanting to do it for five years or trying to do it for a long time, and now it's all coming together and happening, happening. And he's just really excited about it, which makes me feel good and excited too. Yeah, everybody getting excited <clears throat> makes me excited. Absolutely, it's called hype. It's great. It's called mob mentality. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, digitalspy.com, at least that's where I got this, interview with Gail Ann Hurd where she praises AMC. 
Now, there was three mega quotes in this interview, if you ask me, um, especially the second two. The first one that I pulled is talking about AMC. She said, they're known as a network that trusts the creators. I think that's why their shows are so unique and they don't feel generic. There's nothing on AMC that feels generic. And it's also why it was very important, not only to us, but to AMC, that Robert Kirkman be involved. So pretty pretty straightforward. She's just excited to be working with AMC. She's absolutely right with uh, Mad Men and Breaking Bad. They are not cookie-cutter shows of other things on TV. That's why they're so good. Yes. Um, she Did goes, you watch the last episode of Mad Men? No, man. I'm still watching season two. Oh, you should. It was very, very, very good. I'm, well, I'm sorry, not last night's, but the week before. I didn't watch last night's. Right. I am plowing through season two very slowly, and I, then I have to watch three, and then I'll get up to date on four. Hurry up, man, for crying out loud. Uh, season two has been good, but it's been slow. Uh, then again, I've only watched the you know first five minutes of the second season of Breaking Bad, so I have to get caught up on that myself. Oh, do you ever? See? Holy Jesus. <laughs> um, Gail and Heard goes on in the interview to to say we're departing enough she said we've been reading i admit blogs and people think they know where the first episode six episodes will end but we're shaking that up a bit so jason where do we think that the first six six episodes are going to begin why is it that i can't say six first six episodes yes (laughs) try it first six episodes first six episodes i'm good now um where do I think they're going to end? I think that uh, it's either going to end at uh, the farm, at Herschel's farm, or it's going to end when they come over the hill and see the prison. I don't think it's going to get as far as the prison. I think it's going to either end at the farm or when they're leaving the Atlanta camp before they get to the farm. I think they're going to take their time with this. Now, that said, uh, Gail Ann Hurd said that we're shaking it up a bit. So do we have any speculation on what that might mean? Um, I don't know. They could end up on the USS Enterprise out in the middle of the ocean someplace. <laughs> Unlikely. Not the spaceship, the, 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 aircraft, the aircraft carrier. carrier. I understand. Okay. <laughs> if it would be, I don't think they're going to go that far the, into departure. Listen, the first six episodes would be way too early to introduce spaceships. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At least get through a couple seasons first. I figured they, they could end up on an aircraft carrier. I mean, an aircraft carrier is a great place to, to hold up against a, a zombie horde. Yes, it's basically no. a huge city that just floats out in the middle of the ocean. It's hard for zombies can't swim. No, they just walk down into the bottom of the water. And if you're floating on top, you're fine. I suppose. You get zombie sharks, though. <laughs> you might end up with sharks. Yeah, yeah don't, but then uh, don't fall in the water. Six inches of hardened steel is kind of hard to get through for a shark, zombie or not. Um, now, there's some cruise ships that are, are they bigger than aircraft carriers these days? Uh, probably comparable. I mean, the nice thing is you can land a helicopter on an aircraft carrier. I guess you can do that on a cruise ship, too, yeah, though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You can't land an F-15 there, though. No. <laughs> you kind of need an aircraft carrier for an F-15. Um, the problem with a boat is once you're out of supplies, you're out of supplies. That's right. Right? You, got, you, you can't move out into the world again and try to find new things to eat and places to live. It's true. Now, you're out. I mean, theoretically, you could grow your own food on a, on a boat. You need the right conditions and lo- sort of location, right? You need to be able to build a garden. Yeah, there was a, a book I was reading a little while ago. I'm trying to remember where there was a, an aircraft carrier and they actually planted uh, soil on the on the deck and were growing trees and they had a farm up there. I'm trying to remember what that book Trees, was. I don't know if it would work. You need a lot of soil for that, but basic vegetables and fruits and stuff. Oh, that's, that's a lot of deck. You could pile a lot of dirt on there. Nice. I know, but okay, small trees maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember what the book was, but it was interesting that they did that. All right. Well, that's kind of a tangent, but 
So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fun to know that they're they're reading the blogs and they're following the internet speculation and hype and, <laughs> and laughing and, at uh, us and laughing at us probably <laughs> no doubt um but uh we'll see we'll find out where the six episodes ends and i'm i'm really excited i'm glad they're going to be departing from the gra- graphic novels because absolutely uh, you know knowing absolutely what's going to happen just put it from uh from the page onto the screen it's kind of boring really you gotta do something different i still think it would be awesome but yeah shake it up a little absolutely do both why not do both um finally Gail said, Robert's got 75 issues. Uh, let's say in a year, the maximum we'd have was 19 episodes. I don't think we're going to get to that point. He told me he's already got 250 issues in mind. So if we don't catch up, we haven't outstripped what he's really thought about. Kind of hard to understand that out of context, but I think it was just funny that Kirkman said he has 250 ep- issues already in mind. So he's, he's thinking well ahead. <laughs> he's, we're up to 75, 76 right now. Yep. 250. He's probably exaggerating. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, can you imagine 250 more issues of story? Holy moly. Yeah. Or not more, but total? That, well, even then, it's great. Yeah, it's a lot. That's I'm a lot. You. That's a lot of content. Um, so if you want to check that out, go to digitalspy.com. It's there. You should be able to search for it and find it. Next item on the list, there are some. There were five new photos from the set released. Uh, did you have a chance to take a look at these? Oh, I did. They are pretty good. I thought. I thought they were. Uh, they look pretty good myself. So we've got a, three zombie shots, which are a few zombies we've seen before too. So uh, nothing too new there. We just get some nice clear pictures of them. We've got one with Rick uh, on the ground, sort of scrambling away from the zombies, which which looked interesting. But my favorites were. Um, one where he's on horseback and he's, there's two where he's on horseback. I think one where the horse is standing up on its hind legs, rearing up, yep. rearing up. And then another one where he's just riding through the zombie horde, which I have a feeling that I don't know what it is, but I think that horseback scene is going to be amazing. I think so too. Just, Notice the, uh, the camera slant to it. Like they talked about, uh, having the camera off kilter. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the one with the horse where he's rearing up. <clears throat> is a very low camera angle and looking up, but the other shots are, uh, you know, the horizon is not flat. It's slightly off. Yeah, that's that's what we were talking about a couple episodes ago and about how that's a good way. The cinematographer was talking about that, and yeah. it's a good way to, yeah, exactly, it's sideways. Good way to create tension because things are just a little bit askew. That's right. So I think that's cool. Um, you can see those photos on the AMC TV Walking Dead blog. There's some, uh, they have a gallery with all the photos, including the new ones, and they're all pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, The Walking Dead will be featured on the cover of Horror Hound magazine in September. Uh, uh, you can find the cover out there online. It features Melissa Cowan, a.k.a. Bicycle Girl, on there in a nice, clear, straight-up shot of her. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know Horror Hound magazine, but if you're interested in that, you can check that out. There should be a good article in there. Um, also, AMC releases an iPhone app with news and video for all their shows, including The Walking Dead. Okay, so I did a search for this uh, this iPhone app today, and all I could find was the uh, the AMC Mad Men Cocktail Hour app, which is how to mix cocktails. Uh, well, that would be a good app to have, too. But look for it in the American iTunes Store, not the Canadian. Uh... We here in Canada have pretty much the same stuff in the iTunes Store, but occasionally they're slow rolling things out to the international stores. It's in the U.S. Store. Okay, thank you. I downloaded it. I must admit, it's kind of a generic news app. It's like all the other ones out there. 
Uh, but it has news about The Walking Dead and other AMC shows, so I got it, and I'll be checking it. Why not? You should find out what uh, what RSS feed it's getting its information from and just you know subscribe to that. I could do that, but it's it's nice to have the app, too, I must admit. They're, like You can play the videos right in the app and so on. So oh, that's good. It's good. Um, maybe that's a reason it's not in the Canadian store, though, because they don't like to let their videos be played outside of the U.S. Yeah, that uh, that's a sticking point. Luckily, there's easy ways around that. Um, next, George Romero will likely not direct an episode of The Walking Dead. Talking to Shock Till You Drop, the popular horror website, if approached by Frank Darabont, Romero said, I'd probably say no. My zombies are in the closet, and I have my own particular way of using them. I'm clinging to my own franchise, as peculiar as that is. It's not big box office, but it's mine. I, I was uh, surprised to hear that uh, that was even in consideration. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think that Romero would get involved in uh, directing a Walking Dead episode? Well, we mentioned it uh, before when uh, when all the directors and the writers' names were announced. Yeah. Um, at some, Somewhere, the thought had come up that some popular horror directors might, you know, take on an episode here or there, just in future seasons, potentially. And, of course, he's the, the first person you think of when you think of zombie directors. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so, you know, it might be sort of fun to see him do that. But as he said, he's got his own thing going. He's got his own, you know, particular viewpoint and style with zombies. So do we really need him to do The Walking Dead? No, not really. Even though it would be kind of interesting. It would. But yeah, I just, I found that a little bit surprising that he would even consider that. But apparently he's not. So my world is good again. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is back to normal. That's right. Um, Finally, AMC asked... Their followers on Twitter, if you lived in a post-apocalyptic world, would you rather be a human or a zombie? Now, is this a dumb question? It is a, kind of a dumb question. <laughs> because I would rather be uh, dead and have my body animated uh, with uh, an unquenchable hunger. So you'd rather be a human? I think I would. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, if you'd rather be a zombie, I mean, if there's a zombie apocalypse, it, that's easily rectified. Just stand there. You're, you'll become a zombie. Really, what's the point? I mean, you're either trying to survive or you're a zombie. And if you're a zombie, you don't know any better anyways. You're, you're an animated dead person. Now, that said, has anyone ever explored that in movie or book or whatever, that sort of the zombie viewpoint? Shaun of the Dead, maybe, at the end there. Well, maybe, because uh, Ed is sitting in the shed playing video games. That's yeah. right, they're playing Nintendo or <laughs> PlayStation or whatever it was. And then he leans down to take a bite out of Sean's hand, and he's like, quit it. Yeah. <laughs> but but Fido, really, where they had pet zombies? Well, see, there have been movies that take a slightly different slant on the zombie, but it's always from the human perspective. It's true. Even that French movie called They Came Back, I don't know if you saw that one, but it was about the dead, uh, you know, rose from the grave, and they came back. And they weren't really interested in eating people. They just kind of wanted to get their old jobs back. And they wanted to get back to their regular lives and move back in with their families and just pick up where they left off, more more or less. It was a really, really interesting movie. The twist to it was that even though they wanted to do all these things, there was something a little bit off about these people. Well, they were dead. They didn't really have their emotions like they used to. But that's not clear at first. And you have to find that, you know find that out as you watch the movie. So... That was an interesting take on it. But do we know for, you know, 100% certainty whether zombies, in the common understanding of them, know if they're zombies or not? Well, I would think that they don't. 
they're pretty they're, mindless. They're just totally mindless eating machines. Well, that's what uh, that's what we you know as humans see them as. Uh, whether or not that's true, do you know? Are there zombie rights? Do, should they have the right to vote? You know, it opens up a whole bunch of well, questions there. I'm not going there. I'm just I'm just trying to say like. Does a zombie know that it's a zombie? Does it remember? I don't think they're self-aware. They're not self-aware. Uh, they've, they've, you've seen them in movies and stuff employ reason, you know, being able to, you know, go around an object in order to get to uh, somebody uh, or to break through a door to get through somebody that they can't see, right? That's, uh, that's uh, you know, a rudimentary sense of reason. But whether they're sentient or not, whether they're self-aware, I, I really don't think so. It, I guess it depends on... The story you're trying to tell, because there are there are movies where the zombies are much more organized than you know your typical uh, zombie that's simply trying to get you and eat you. Well, they would build zombie catapults then. When people are living in malls, they would catapult other zombies <laughs> onto the roof of the mall and get you from that from there. I suppose. I mean, that's reason, though. That's I don't know if that's self aware. That's also reason and sort of tool building and usage. You know. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of a movie like Dead Snow, where they're organized and they have a leader, and yeah. you know they they're going after they have a purpose, right? That's true. Whether they're completely not mindless, I don't know, but they don't seem to be. You know, so, once a, once a Nazi, always a Nazi, though. <laughs> well, that's zombie what, or not, that's what the movie seemed to say. Yeah, would a zombie sacrifice another zombie in order to achieve his objective? Like sending in a different zombie to go do something, knowing that he's going to get killed, but that would, uh, you know, give you an advantage as a zombie to to get somebody. Well, in Dead Snow, I would say yes. Dead Snow, yes, they were they were self aware in Dead Snow. At least, at least partially, a little bit. The, the yeah. sort of the leader was, but I don't know about the the rest of them. They seem to be just kind of mindless foot soldiers. Yeah, it's it's, it's tricky. All right, so I'd say the answer is. That there are all kinds of different zombies, and some may be self-aware, some may be organized, lots of them aren't. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if you lived in a post-apocalyptic world, would you rather be human or zombie? Tough question. Yeah. But I'd say human. I mean, if we, uh, if we you know, widen the scope of this to, you know, more uh, undead, like you got your liches, you got your vampires, you got your, your various, you know, undead creatures, you know, they kind of fall into two categories, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, an animated corpse, so you have the body without the soul. A dead body, no soul. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have like a vampire or a lich, you've got the body, an un- a dead body, and the soul is still there. They're still self-aware, they're still conscious, they're still able to have emotions and relationships, you know, whatever they are. But, uh, you know, the soul is with the, the body. Whereas with, you know, your basic walking dead or your your animated skeleton. You know, they don't have a lot of skeletons walking around and stuff they used to in movies. Yeah, they did. They they don't really do skeletons in movies anymore. The last ones I can think of were Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Right? And that was a while ago at this, at this So, point. but they they don't have their souls. So, I don't think that zombies are self-aware, but a lich on the other hand, I think are is self-aware or what a vampire. Is, what is a lich? A lich is an undead? It's an undead and it kind of sucks uh like a leech. <laughs> like a leech, but only an undead leech like a lich. All right. And va- really sure. vampires, of course, are undead. Skeletons are undead. Animated skeletons. Yeah. Okay. Animated Werewolves are not undead. Werewolves are living. They're still alive because you can kill them and they die. The Trix rabbit, is he undead? Uh, he's pretty He's pretty <laughs> old anyway. <laughs> yeah. Tony the tiger, he might be undead. At no, this Tony point. the tiger's still alive and well. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, Count Chocula, on the other hand. 
Is he a vampire? He's a vampire. That's right. He's undead. Okay. All right. We've got to do a whole show on whether or not serial characters are undead. Right. <laughs> Some of them have been around for so long, you'd think so. Ronald McDonald's undead. I'm sure of that. Well, you looked at that guy? <laughs> he looks dead. Yeah. Um, okay. That's it for the news this week. Now, I've got another item here that was uh, that comes from clickclack.com. Written, good name. Yeah, it is. Written by Keith McDuffie. Um, this isn't really Walking Dead news, but he wrote an opinion piece on the comic. Um, and he, he, he came up with, uh, with this article that he titled, A Potential Problem with the Walking Dead. And the problem is that he has come to the conclusion that none of the characters in the comic, and therefore the show, are likable characters. If I can read a quote here from him, he says, I don't really like anyone in the series. Everyone is despicable in their own way, most making the idiotic, most making one idiotic decision after another. Most concerning, though, is that the main character, Rick, is the worst of the bunch. Though he's the self-appointed leader of the group, he's a complete a-hole to everyone, including at times his wife and son. I found it impossible to root for this guy. I kept thinking that if I was in their situation, having to listen to this guy dole out orders, I'd hightail it out of there. And some do. So... Are the characters in The Walking Dead not likable characters? Yes and no. I think uh, they are, in fact, not likable characters. They all are despicable, despicable in their own, in some way. And, uh, yeah, they make bad decisions. But they're under an enormous amount of stress. Like, the zombie apocalypse is pretty stressful. And, you know, the ability to make coherent and uh, good decisions under those circumstances is incredibly difficult, you know, near impossible. And I would say that these characters are making the best decisions that they can. And yeah, absolutely, there's some bad decisions uh, that they make. And uh, they're trying to survive. And what you need in the story, a lot of it is about what you need to do to survive. And what you need to do is despicable sometimes. Sure, but bad decisions aside, and I guess you're right, it is really about, about just doing what it takes to survive, and that sometimes is horrible, horrible things. That's, a, that's actually a big theme throughout, throughout the comic yeah. book. It's talked about a fair bit, and every time we meet new characters, we generally find out a little bit about their backstory, which involves what they've had to go through in the last number of months since the zombie outbreak happened. And, you know, without fail, it's always pretty horrible. It involves killing innocent people to stay alive. It involves killing an awful lot of zombies and... Generally, a lot of killing, I think, yep. and watching your friends and loved ones get killed. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that these characters are are bad people. They're just doing what it has they have to do to survive. Yep. You know, I think what uh, is argued in this piece is that that these characters actually are really, really unlikable and bad people to begin with. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, uh, there's. Lots of stories out there where you have uh, good people that have to do bad things. And there's also, uh, you know, bad people that do good things. Like, look at Dexter. Dexter's a serial killer, for crying out loud. And yet he's the protagonist in the show, and he's likable. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the less common That's the scenario, opposite of, right? what, uh, of what this is. This is, you know, normal people doing uh, necessary evil. Mm-hmm. You know, whether, uh, you know, doing things that a normal, likable person would not do. And I don't think that that's been done before in uh, in any kind of, it's not normal storytelling to, to have a character like that. 
But isn't isn't that isn't that what you usually get in shows? You get the good people doing bad things because that's what makes it interesting. It's how these people respond and react to these acts that they are, for whatever reason, forced or choose to commit. I think Dexter is the exception where you get the bad person doing good things. You don't often see that. Yeah. I mean, look at Breaking Bad. You have um, you have Walter White, who's a character who is really just sort of going through his life until he's diagnosed with cancer, and then he decides that he has to do some bad things to you know provide for his family after he is gone. And that's that's the typical uh, that's that's how I mean these stories I think typically play out, where you get good people because people identify with good people. Everyone likes to think they're a good person, yeah. And then they do bad things, and you were like, "Oh my!" He, can you imagine if that happened in real life or happened to me or something like that? Well, let's, let's look at Mad Men. Let's look at uh, John Draper. Uh, you know, he's not John, a, not John, John Don Draper. Don Draper. Sorry, uh, Don Draper. He's not a nice person. Like, he pours on the charm, and then he takes it away, and he does bad things. He cheats on his wife. Uh, he pushes her around. Uh, you know, he's he's not a nice person. He treats the people around him like shit unless he needs uh, needs something from them, and then he gives, turns on the charm. He's not a good person. I think you're right about that. He's but, not the most likable guy. But he's still likable. That's the thing. He's got a charm to him. He's got... Uh, uh, you know, charisma, and you you, you like John, John Don Draper, excuse me, but uh, he's not a good person. <laughs> I suppose you're right about that. Another one that comes to mind is uh, Firefly. Mal Mal Re- Mal, uh, Mal Mal Reynolds, yeah, Mal Reynolds from Firefly. Not a really good person, but then not a bad person either. Though I mean, he he really has his own interests in mind. And yes he and, no. and again he does what it takes to survive, right? I think he uh, th- we could get go on a whole thing about uh, Firefly, <laughs> but uh, he actually I forget the exact quote, but uh, he summed it up one time when he was talking to the doctor. And he said, "You know, look, if you cross me, I'm going to shoot you in the face. You're going to be armed, you're going to be awake, and you're going to be looking at me, but I'm going to shoot you in the face. But once you join my crew, you're on my crew, and I'm going to go. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to protect you." Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what Mal Reynolds is like. Is like once you get on his side, he's going to do everything he can to help you and to save you. But if you get on his bad side, he's going to shoot you in the face. Well, he's looking out for his people. And that's kind of how Rick, I think, approaches things, right? He's looking out for his family and yeah. the people that are around him and the people that he trusts and relies on. And they rely on him, right? And he's going to protect them no matter what, yeah. whatever he has to do. He's got to do some nasty stuff. You know, I personally find the characters likable in the fact that they're interesting enough that they become likable, right? You want to know, you know, you want to know about these characters and you want to learn about them and see what they do and how they react. And that's what makes them um, at least interesting. And I think for me that equates a little bit to likable. Yeah. As characters. Well, you know, and even... uh... Uh, you, you know, Rick loses it too, right? Like he loses it on a regular basis. He oh, he does. Uh, so that you know, that's not a standard likable characteristic in someone. When you try and look for a, a hero protagonist, you know, somebody who loses it and uh, you know beats the living crap out of somebody because he's upset, mainly. Yeah, it's you know, it's not a very endearing quality. The thing is, and reading the comic too, it's it. I, my experience, even though I love it, is that I could see how somebody would be. Not put off by it so much, but have trouble sticking with it because, you know, nobody's safe. 
they could they could love a certain character and that character could be dead the next the next issue and you know that can be off-putting for some people casual fans potentially or even even hardcore fans that are like oh my god you killed so and so that was my favorite character what am i going to do now now this actually brings up a point and something that I like about TV in general in, in some shows and some things I hate about other TV in other shows, and that is uh, infighting. Like, I like a show where uh, it's a group of people that are uh, against the world. Mm-hmm. West Wing was like that. The entire cast of West Wing was a cohesive uh, unit. They liked each other. They helped each other, and everybody else in the uh, in the show was the the antagonist. They were against it, but they always supported each other. I don't necessarily like shows where there's a terrible amount of infighting. That's why I can't watch, uh, uh, well, reality shows, really, because it's all, that's the entire point of those shows is to, you know, antagonize each other and to develop infighting. I can't stand that. So I'm hoping that this show it doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of infighting in the actual core group. Sure, somebody can die. That's fine. But I'm hoping that it's this group against the zombies. And that's the kind of story that uh, a lot of the graphic novel is about. And I'm hoping that the television show is about. Like there's other people that come in and uh, they try and figure out whether or not they're part of the group. And sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they need to be shot. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine. But the core group... You know, once uh, you know the few things at the beginning get ironed out, uh, I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> ironed out. <laughs> I'm hoping that this core group against the zombie horde is uh, the kind of show that I like. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you, but I think there's going to be a little bit more core group infighting than you might be ready for. I mean, these it's it's not always about the people versus the zombies, right? This is about the people versus each other sometimes. Yeah, but I'm hoping the core group will you know be against the people that they meet along the way. Yeah, and it you know it will be nice. I'm sure people are going to die in the show, but because this is a TV show, there is a need, I think, to have a at least a core group of characters that kind of makes it far into the run of the show. You know, we don't want we don't want to lose half our characters all the time, and we don't want new people every few episodes, do we? Right. Well, then you end up being a monster of the week kind of show. Yeah, and that's no good. That's no good. We need ongoing storyline. That's going to do it for the news and the opinion pieces of the, of this episode. Um, let's get into some listener feedback, shall we? Sure. We have uh, we don't have any calls this week, do we? No, we don't have any calls, unfortunately. Um, we've got some we've got some email though. This from Rob in the UK. Now, this Rob is commenting on something we talked about last week. He says, Hi, guys. Just listening to your latest podcast, and the issue of Rick losing his hand came up again, and I just had an idea. What if, instead of Rick having his hand cut off, he loses an eye? The impact of the scene would still be the same, if not greater. There would be a lasting effect both to Rick's state of mind and body and ability to fight, and the only ongoing special effects required would be an eye patch, which would look pretty cool. (laughs) Here's hoping uh, Darabont feels the same way. That's a good idea. Yeah, what do you th- having Rick lose an eye instead of a hand? It's um, it's equally crippling, really. Yeah. Um, no depth perception. That must be <laughs> he'll, hard. He'll be swinging a hammer at a zombie that's way over there. That's right. <laughs> um, and when and you have the smaller characters, it's hard to tell how far away they are. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they could be right up at you. Um, and he just has to wear an eye patch. We don't have to worry about CGIing his hand out of every shot. That's that's true, and it brings in uh, a, a cow, uh, not only cowboys but pirates. 
There you go. Now we have a cowboy zombie pirate show. Yeah, and if they end up on the USS Enterprise in the ocean, the ship, not the spaceship, then uh, we can be more piratey. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I, I, I think I, it's... I, eye patch is not a bad idea. I mean, as far as special effects go, none is good. Uh, it makes it easy. You know, put on an eye patch. Oh, he doesn't have an eye anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Now, come to think of it, I mean, yes, they do have to... If he loses his hand, they do have to remove it from the scene. But they could cheap out and just have him wear a long sleeve. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are ways to do it cheaply. <laughs> you remember in Arrested Development when uh, Buster lost his hand? He had a hook. He had a hook, but it was so extended, it was obvious that he was holding on to the, uh, the hook with his hand. He had a... He lost his hand through an accident with a seal. That's right, right a loose seal. A loose seal. Right. His, his mother's name yeah. is Lucille, and his girlfriend's <laughs> name was Lucille. Two, Lucille Two. Lucille Two. Good show. Um, Fantastic show. We, we, I mourn it. <laughs> it's gone. Rob also says, I am wondering if Shane is actually going to get capped before they go to the farm. From what I saw on the San Diego YouTube con, he means <laughs> the YouTube video of the San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> it sounded like they may keep him around for a little while longer just to amp up the tension between him and the Grimeses. Love to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work, Rob, from the UK. Um, I think we we talked about that a few episodes ago around Comic-Con, that the feeling everyone got is that they're going to keep Shane around a little bit longer than we think and let that storyline play out a bit more. Yes, and I think that's a good idea. I thought that idea from the the moment they announced this show is that uh, Shane, that that character and his uh, involvement in the relationship uh, between Laurie and Rick uh, can you can draw that out forever? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a fantastic storyline. You know, a love triangle, fantastic. People, you uh, you know, put entire shows, build them around a, a love triangle, so you could have that around forever. Totally. I think. I, I mean, Shane's going to get capped at some point before <laughs> the uh, sixth episode airs, but uh, no, know. not before the sixth. I think they're going to. I think they're going to extend it into season two, three, maybe. I don't know. There was a quote from uh, Frank Darabont that he wanted to see one of the, one on his wish list of things to see. That was Kirkman. That was Robert uh, Kirkman. Kirkman. Um, uh, his list of things to see was uh, uh, Shane getting shot. Yeah, but not when. He doesn't say when that was. He just happen. wants to see it. He just wants oh. to see it. Right. So it could happen five years from now. I don't know. Right. But I think you're right. They should extend it out a little bit, not too long, so it becomes stupid, but. If they if they draw it out a little bit extra, I think that would be okay. Yep. Shane um, can poke Rick's eye out. <laughs> yeah, and then Carl can shoot him through the neck. It's all good. It all works out. <laughs> um, Carl from the UK. Everybody's from the UK. Rob, that was Rob from the UK, right? The last one? This is Carl from the UK. Um, he wrote lots. So, Carl, I'm just going to edit your email down a little bit here. Um, he says, just wanted to send my first email for your podcast. Uh, yours was the first walking dead podcast I came across when browsing the Apple store. And I've thoroughly enjoyed your simple, short and sweet roundup of all things zombie on AMC. Um, can I just say that you guys come across as really nice, very well-spoken individuals? Thank Thank you. you, Carl. Um, first of all, he says a very minor whinge. Whinge? I guess that's a UKism. As much as I do love the show, I often find myself yelling in angst at your shows when you get really simple facts wrong. Every episode, there's some random fact that you guys get heinously wrong, and it's never obscure stuff. It's the big geek-tastic zombie or sci-fi stuff. It drives me nuts. I don't know. Maybe it's part of your charm, but a little research on some of these points would go a long way. Um, 
I, I, I agree with you, Carl. Well, he's absolutely I'm, right. I'm sure it would be annoying for most people. <laughs> the problem is often the things we get wrong are the things that we don't necessarily intend or plan to talk about when we start the episode. Nor do we intend to get them wrong. <clears throat> no, we don't intend to do that either. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, hopefully it is part of our charm. And I try my best to come up with stuff. And as we, you know, get deeper into this and get, uh, you know, farther down the podcasting road here, I'll probably get some sort of quicker and easier way to look stuff up, stuff up as we're doing it. Yes. What we need is a producer. A research assistant. Or an intern that can do research for us. Exactly. Uh, excuse me, Chris. Uh, no, that's uh, that's incorrect. <laughs> that's See, what we need. <laughs> you can just, yeah, someone who can come on, interrupt and say, no, 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 it's actually this, not that. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what facts did we get wrong? Does he say what, uh, what he was frustrated? About? No, but uh, let's be honest. I'm sure there's stuff. Oh, I get all kinds every, of stuff wrong. Absolutely. Every episode. Um, last week we were talking about star Wars and apparently what we said happened in empire strikes back actually happens in return of the Jedi. And, and what going back over what we said and what we were talking about, of course it happened in return of the Jedi. Of course it did. We knew that. <laughs> it's just, we were idiots last week. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Carl also goes on to say, why has everyone forgotten about Jim? I don't seem to have heard a mention of Jim since the first uh, show started casting. Jim was the guy who lost his entire family and after getting bit in volume one decides to become a zombie and uh, he convinces the group to just leave him there under a tree. Um, have you guys heard anything about his character and what Darabont plans to do with him? Well, last week, coincidentally, and here's something we got wrong, we have Andrew Rothenberg playing the role of Jim, which we reported last week. And we had no idea who that was? And we had no idea who it was. So, um, Well, there's a difference between getting something wrong and not remembering something. And not remembering that. So, you know, technically, I don't know if we got that wrong. We were just, you know, granted, it falls under the idiot umbrella, but I don't know if we got it wrong. But yes, that uh, there's Jim right there. So Andrew Rothenberg playing Jim, most likely the same character. Uh, he'll, so. he'll be in a few episodes. He's in the Atlantic camp, but then he gets bit and he decides to give up on life and he just sits there under the tree. Important role. Really? Very, very good. It shows that, uh, that potential side of things as, as what you might end up doing if, if you're stuck in the zombie apocalypse. Poor Jim. Poor Jim. Um, Carl, keep up the great show. Can't wait for the reviews of the episodes after the air. October can't come fast enough. Carl, I must agree. In uh, some am, respects. Well, yeah. TV-wise, yes, I can't wait for it, for it to come. Leaves falling off the tree-wise, not so good. Me being two months older, not so good. You know, eh, I can't do much about two that. Two months. Uh, <laughs> Life goes fast these days, man. I know. When you're, you know. when you're a newborn, two months is a big deal. But when you're 35 years old... Yeah, it's still, it doesn't matter. It feels like last week I was 25 years old. As long as you don't gain, you know, uh, what is it, a pound a week when That's you're a newborn? A, <laughs> no, no, that's too much when you're a newborn. Uh, but yeah, you don't want to gain that weight. Was it that an fast. ounce a day? What are you supposed oh, to gain? I can't remember. My kids have been alive for too long. I anyway, forget. If as long as I don't gain that much weight between now and October, yeah, I'm good. Half a pound a week is fine, I think. <laughs> um, okay, that's going to wrap it up for the news and for the listener feedback. We do have a new iTunes store five star review from Bill92. He says, great podcast. The guys are interesting, well-spoken, and very entertaining. A must-listen for any fan of the book. Thank you very much, Bill92. Thank you, Bill92. If you want to give us some five-star reviews on iTunes, we would be much appreciative of that. And uh, chances are we'd read them out on the show, at least for now. Jason, anything else before we wrap things up here? I don't believe so. 
Um, all right. In that case, I should let everyone know that the Facebook page that I think I formally announced last week is still there. <laughs> I didn't. De- I didn't. <laughs> You're going to de- announce that, are you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't delete it like I did with the first one. I would like to announce uh, breaking news: the sun will rise tomorrow. That's right. Well, you can't say that for sure. You never know. I'm pretty sure. Come on. If the sun rises tomorrow... Okay, so you're announcing the Facebook page is still there. Have you checked in the last five minutes? Uh, no, I Maybe suppose. Facebook completely closed its doors. 500 million users strong, and they're like, nah, we give up. See, that's the, you know, that's the same argument that the, the sun won't come up tomorrow. There's a pretty good chance that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Okay, the difference is you can now go to facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. Great. So that's easy to remember. Everyone go there. Please like us. We'd love that. And post comments over there, too. It'd be really, really great. Um, tell us what you think of the show. If you have any thoughts or comments or questions, you know, post them on the Facebook page. That's fine. I'd that'd love be, to have a little, great. little community going over there. If you're less inclined to do that, you can send us email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also visit talkingdeadpodcast.com and post comments on the website. That would be cool, too. So, Jason, you're at Twitter at Jason, twitter.com slash Jason Miles. And you're at twitter.com slash Fearhurst, F-E-A-R-H-U-R-S-T. <laughs> that's right. Good for you. And uh, finally, if you want to call us, and that's the best way to get in touch, you can do so at 206-202-1568. 1568. It spells nothing, and nothing interesting happened in that year. So uh, please, please call, leave your voicemail, comments. It is on a voicemail line. We won't answer the phone. Please don't worry. You Maybe can... there's something interesting with the numbers, like uh, you know, one plus another, like the 15. You add that up and multiply it by the 206, and you get 68. Well, that's one, pretty bad math. One, I realize that, but there might be something interesting there that I haven't realized. 1568. One plus five equals six. Yeah, and there's an eight. <laughs> that's all I can six, think of. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of twos at the beginning. So there's one plus five is six, and then there's some twos. Add two, and you get eight. All right. I was 15 once, and I will be 68, so there you go. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next week when we have episode number 20, have an, uh, have an enjoyable week. Have an enjoyable week. <laughs> oh, man, I screwed up the end. <laughs>